Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. This is Real Nerds Podcast, and for 10 years, we have been seeing a new movie and podcasting our experience to the world. This week, we saw Eternals. Stay tuned to the end of the episode, where we will recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil the film. We also talk about movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, movie news, and stuff we've been watching and coming soon next year, a reformat of Real Nerds podcast. So um, stay tuned for that. <laughs> Would you say it's a reboot? It's a real boot. Oh, uh, oh, oh. It would be like a bronze cowboy boot. Why <laughs> <laughs> <Like> a cowboy <laughs> I don't know. They still do that, right? Yeah. Can we get sponsored by Shepler's? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I think that's the only time I've heard Shepler's on a radio show ever. Because because we still technically have one near us. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. weird. I never see cars in the parking lot. Is it even like open? Well, I think it's dead. I just but they just never took down that sign. Hmm. Cowboy boots are really expensive. <laughs> They're over a hundred bucks. Easy. Yeah. Seems like there's better um footwear for your for your time and patience than hundred dollar cowboy boots <laughs> i yes. don't fully understand it <laughs> i also am really disappointed in myself i was just uh goofing off on the internet and uh you know it's the 60th anniversary of the dick van dyke show and it mm-hmm. first aired october 3rd um so i missed it yeah I missed it by that much Forgot our Real Nerds anniversary. Forgot the Dick Van Dyke show anniversary. We're just I know. not I'm on slip- top of it. I'm slipping in my old age. And I think uh, only Dick Van Dyke and Jerry Matthews are the only ones left from that whole show. Do you think they just get together and hang on. out? Do you think they get together and hang out at his house? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so, too. But can we live in that warm memory for a second, Ryan? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dick Van Dyke. Meanwhile, I'm remembering mem- uh, 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 anniversaries up the wazoo because of uh, Orson Welles' War of the World broadcast. I did that right at the 8, 11.30 market on the October 30th. <laughs> Which, by the way, if anybody hasn't listened to that, you should. It's great. Wonderful radio. Yes. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I like your Orson Welles. <laughs> Well, you know what I do <laughs> now. Talk about frozen peas. <laughs> uh, before we do that, um, that who you just heard is Zach. Yes, Brad is also here. Yep, and Corinne. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome to the party. I don't know. <laughs> hey, do you want a party? Is it party time? Do you? I want always a party? party hard. Party hard. <laughs> so let's start a party now. <laughs> My name is Ryan. I would like to party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, usually Brad or Zach go around town, but I don't care about them today. I'm going around town. We fear change. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I text Brad today because I was, um, my wife and I went and purchased a new couch. And whilst I was out and she went to get her hair done, I went to Best Did Buy. Did you guys just wreck the old one doing it? Yeah, it's freaking trashed, bro. I wouldn't sit on it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, no, it's just we uh, we decided to make a adult purchase and get like a real couch because every one of our couches we've had has pretty much been from a friend. So, um, yeah, we got a nice one. But anyways, I went to uh, Best Buy in Littleton. And if you're looking from, for some steel books that are sold out on their website, they have a whole bunch, including Zack Snyder's Justice League, Godzilla versus Kong, Hacksaw Ridge, and missing one, um, Mortal Kombat. So uh, if you're looking for them, get there. Okay. The Southwest oh, Plaza, Best Buy. Yeah, I was just shocked because I haven't seen them. I've never seen the Justice League ones out. Yeah, they're not even listed and, on the website. Like the same yeah, as they're was, sold out, they're just not even listed. I was talking to Brad. I almost feel like they kept them in the back. And now because it's holiday time, they put them out. So you have to go in, into the store and, you know, buy all the appliances they have. out. I'm pretty sure they have 10 or 12 different air fryers. <laughs> I went to the Which, South Glen one to check if the, if like that store got stocked with them and they didn't. So huh. I think it's just yours. Can 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 I ask a serious can I ask a serious question? At this yes. point, can they really call themselves Best Buy when they don't have the best buys? No, it's it's interesting how they I, I talk to my wife about this all the time because uh this week Rod Stewart's new album, The Tears of Hercules, will be out on Friday. Um Oh, your check from Rod Stewart's coming in the mail, by the way, Ryan. Sweet. <laughs> if I got a check from him, I don't think I would cash it. I think I'd keep it to keep the signature, you know? Um, Here's a check for $1 million, Ryan. <laughs> I'll never oh, cash yeah, this, this check. Laura's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> don't you dare cash that. Actually, now I can... Actually, you can take pictures of checks now to cash them. That's true, yeah. I cash and, it, yeah. and I get a Rod Stewart signature. Done. Um, but yes, yeah, so anyway, we're talking to Laura. <laughs> Yeah, so I was talking to my wife about how stores now, they don't want you to have physical media because how they set it up, if that makes sense. I mean, it's not that people don't want the stuff. They make it so it's harder to get it and not needed, if that makes sense. Because... Like they're forcing a phase out of it? Yeah, they're forcing a phase out. You know, they don't because it takes up space where they could have a washer and dryer, which would make more money off is how I look at it. I feel but, like uh, they could just 
they could just talk to the students and be like, yeah, we're not carrying these anymore. <laughs> like find a different store. Yeah. Which I mean, I- I'm almost certain that it'll probably move to all Amazon stuff. Uh, like Warner archives did or specialty stores like twist and shout or something. Um, or we could open up a real nerds, Blu-ray barn where it's a yes. barn full of Blu-rays. I have noticed that most every Best Buy I've gone to in the metro area has phased everything down to a single rack. So we and a couple we of satellites. Have, yeah, we've we I went recently with a friend and we were looking and we were just stunned at how little there were that at the South Glen one. It's just <sighs> frustrating. Yep. But you should pick up Rod Stewart's newest album, The Tears of Hercules, Friday. Um I'm getting it on vinyl and CD. Will we find out what made Hercules cry, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I if I remember uh, reading right, it's uh, a, a song about how, Ben, it's okay for you to show your emotions or something. Oh, I don't know. I can't wait to re- see, hear him sing about fucking. That's what I care about. <laughs> but do you appreciate the fact that he's giving you an, um, an emotionally vulnerable ticket to express your emotions, Ryan? Yes, I mean usually he does. He's uh he's actually not like he has a lot of silly songs, but he more of his songs are about uh um what's the word I'm looking for? Um caring they're usually, and, they're, they're usually about if they want his body and if they think he's sexy. Come on, sure. Uh, actually let him that know. song is not about Rod Stewart. Mm. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, it's uh she sits alone waiting for suggestions. He's so nervous, avoiding all her questions. So he's not hmm. singing about himself. He's singing in the third person. Oh, even the chorus, the chorus is if you want my body and you think I'm sexy before he starts the chorus, he says, don't you know exactly what his heart meant? So wait, he's a peeping Tom. Uh, <laughs> he's, third uh, person. Just, he's, he's just telling a story. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the narrator in every Coen brothers movie. Like that has like a little yeah. magical narrator. <laughs> That's an idea. Put him in a Coen Brothers movie. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, this is totally nothing to do with movies, and I know no one cares, but I don't care. It's my podcast. Um, his uh, new single, uh, it's really divided amongst the Rod Stewart fans, and it's called I Can't Imagine. And the chorus is really, really catchy. And the rest of the song is kind of sing speak, where he's kind of singing and kind of just like telling you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, I don't know about it. I mean, it's you know a pop song. It's whatever. And then the other day, I was it's like sitting in my car working, and I just started like humming the chorus. And I go, Oh, that's right. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> just just make the chorus catchy. And um, but yeah, are, are, are the are the fans just like bitterly divided, like to the point of war? Yeah. Or uh, well, it's it's as someone like him, you know, he's been around for fuck. This is his thirty first solo album, mm-hmm. um, not including when he was at the Faces and all the other compilations he has. But you know, it's they they always they're always looking for Maggie May or I was only joking. But you know, sometimes you can't have those songs all the time because <laughs> those are lightning in a bottle. So. Yeah. You just 
do it. Uh, and when you get to his point, I just make songs that I want to sing. Who cares? Yeah. And also, I'm sure and also he, I was going to say, did they get rid of those old songs, Ryan? Were they no, erased no. at all? Okay. No, good. no, you can always listen to them. That's yep. why I have them both on CD and vinyl. <laughs> gotcha. Just checking to make sure that nobody took away their precious songs. Gotcha. Yes. You're still good. <laughs> Anyways, this is a movie podcast. Let's unspool some movie news. It's real news. Okie dokie, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the I think a big one is that we got a tra- trailer for Stranger Things Season 4. Everybody excited? Whoa, whoa, whoa. The big thing is is the Spider-Man No Way Home poster came out and the Green Goblin is on it. Oh, that's, that's the big right. news. <laughs> that's right. Hey, Ryan, Ryan, does does that mean I'm getting Defoe December? I think it means I'm getting Defoe December. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you zoom in on the Green Goblin image mm-hmm. and really look to his right, there's a word balloon that says out. Am I? Dude, <laughs> he's not. He is in the movie. <laughs> I would I, I, would, I mean, I, I guess I should why ask doesn't Corinne it say this, avenge me? <laughs> <laughs> I should ask Corinne this question. There's uh, this thing going around on uh, movie websites and IGN saying to stay off the internet because they've leaked a lot of Spider-Man spoilers. Corinne, are you sharing Spider-Man spoilers? I'm not sharing them. I've seen some of them. Of course you have. <laughs> yeah, because I'm on Twitter all the time for work and stuff. Can't help running into these things. Don't say anything on this podcast. Wasn't gonna. Ryan. I just thought um, you were like the inside source at spoiling them. How would I get my hands on these things? I don't know. You love spoiling things. You're friends with Tom Holland. (laughs) Yes. That's been my secret this whole time. (laughs) If you wait long enough, Tom Holland will slip up. He already slipped up today. (laughs) <laughs> when he said that Electro shows up, <laughs> he hasn't officially been announced. So, he, he, no, I, I do like the idea of Tom Holland wandering around a town going like, I can't keep the secret any longer. And he just turns and grabs Corinne and starts telling him spoilers. That'd be sweet. Corinne, <laughs> if you knew Tom Holland, you better not, not keep that a secret. Mm. Well, maybe I'll have to introduce you to him one day. Oh, my mm. gosh. Mm. Yes, I have definitely seen some spoilers and people were conjecturing, you know, at this rate, the entire movie is going to release uh, or it's going to be leaks online, considering how, you know, like the the trailer got leaked online early, the poster got leaked, um, different versions of like an upcoming trailer has been supposedly has been floating around. So I think at this point, people are like, oh, yeah, this at this rate, like the movie's going to show up online before it releases in theaters. <laughs> I don't know about not. that, but it, it, do you ever think that this is just me spitballing here that they purposely leak this stuff so it gets everybody talking about it, and then then they drop the trailer? You know what I? You know, like oh yeah, it's we heard possible, Doc, but I don't Doc think they need it, the and then that trailer What's up? I said, I don't think they need the hype at this point. I think everybody's going to go see this movie. Oh, they're going to see it. And Tom Holland today said that it's the best Spider-Man movie ever. So I well, can't He's wait. biased. He might be biased, but you know, he's also you know, been in a lot of them. <laughs> right. Not the best Not, one. 
Um, what is the I best think one? That's kind of debatable, but Spider Verse. Duh. Oh yeah, that's a very good movie. I enjoyed that movie. And he's definitely Spider-Man. not in Ryan's favorite Spider Man. Yeah, I'd say Spider Man Two is the best Spider Man movie, but you know, I'd say the best Spider Man movie is the one that has somebody who's something of a scientist himself. <laughs> see, um. <laughs> see, we're gonna go down a rabbit hole here. I, <laughs> you have to ask me what mood I'm in, and then I'll tell you what the best Spider Man movie is. Wait, wait, Ryan. Is your favorite <laughs> Spider-Man movie the one where Paul Giamatti goes, I am a criminal? <laughs> uh, close. Okay. Um, I think it's my sixth favorite. Um, okay, that's not even close to number one. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, it's, there's six Spider-Man movies. I'm just being so... Uh, wait, oh, okay. um, yeah. By the way, wait, I did no, want to say... Three, I, five, I, six, yeah. I, nope. I noticed no, there's more seven. than that. Yeah, I know. I'm just like counting in my head. I'm like, no, I'm off on that there one. should be at least eight. And then it depends on if you want to count, you know, some the three more. Avengers movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's like was, in 11. God, go Spidey. Well, yeah. Cause if you're counting all the different times he's appeared, I I'm looking at the poster, Ryan, cause we've got electro for the lightning there. We've got obviously doc. Ock. We got our little green goblin in there. We got sand for Sandman, which I'm assuming that means Thomas Hayden church will come back. And if you yeah. look in a certain corner in there, you can see a little rhino that is telling the Sandman we're not drinking any fucking Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would laugh my ass off if Topher Gray showed up as Venom. That'd be the greatest freaking <laughs> moment in <laughs> Spider-Man movie history. Look, I don't think that, I'm, I hate to burst your bubble, but I think because of that uh, tease at the end of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, that we know what we're getting. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know. But I mean, it I just think it'd be awesome. <laughs> it was Topher Grace. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and no, no question. That would be an, a, an amazing reveal. See, also, what you need to have happen is both Venom show up and then uh, Tom Hardy's Venom punches Topher Grace's and Topher Grace goes, what the hell? <laughs> I just thought of something, Ryan. And if I'm right, I will freak out in the movie theater audibly. Uh, you know how the there was a thought by Raimi to have Bruce Campbell play Mysterio? Mm-hmm. what if he plays a multiverse version of Mysterio in this movie and just pops up randomly, but then gets knocked out pretty quickly. And that's a Bruce Campbell. I'm cameo. Down. I, I'm, down. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think I've just come up with an amazing idea that Marvel has plenty of time to shoot. I'm just saying it's only a month and I think you can get that done pretty quick. Um, you know, it yeah. does make me wonder for they're trying to keep so much of this movie under wraps that I do think that some of these like cameos or whatever are going to be not like red herrings, but basically like everybody's going to be so hyped up for like electro and stuff that other people are going to pop up and you would never have thought of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think there's, I mean, obviously. Like you're so focused on like the big stars that whenever, you know, I don't know, we'll see whoever lizard or something. And you'll just, oh. oh my gosh, never would have thought Lizard would make an appearance in this movie. I kind of want to see well, Reese Fawns come back. No, I mean, I, I heard that he's already in. There's uh, that slowed down from the first trailer that it's the Lizard coming out. But I don't know. We'll see. I just want him to be like um, when Doc Ock says, hello, Peter. He's actually talking to Tobey Maguire. And then... Um, all the Spider-Man do like a Spider-Man pose and then the Sinister Six do a pose and it's like a splash page from a comic book. Mm-hmm. And that's all I want in my life. 
Well, I'll make sure you get it, buddy. Don't you worry. Thanks. Thanks. What else is happening in in the movie world? (laughs) Well, we got that Stranger Things trailer that everybody was talking about. So, yeah, you guys are more big of Stranger Things fans than I am. So it's okay. What what do we all think? It's been so long since I've seen it that I kind of forgot everything that happened. And so now I don't really care. That's why I plan on going back um, through the first three seasons before this one drops, because I need to definitely catch up if I want to even remotely continue it. Um, it's just, I don't know why, but it's like, it's everything's wonderfully made about that from the acting and like the story's fun and whatnot, but it's just not my cup of tea. So it's just like, yeah, of course you should watch it. It's just not my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> um, moving on. Hey, Ryan. Did you know yeah. that in did you know that in 1938, um, a mustachioid man named Walt Disney pulled together a group of animators and made the first ever animated feature film? I do. Yeah. Did you know they're going to remake that shit? <laughs> Wait, they're remaking Snow White. Yep. And somebody named Gal Gadot has been locked down as the evil. Queen. Oh, you're talking about a live action one. I thought you meant yes. an animated one. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> they wouldn't even try. <laughs> Can you imagine if the internet? got angry about Luke Skywalker having a realistic portrayal in The Last Jedi. Imagine what would happen if they said, we're going to remake an animated version of Snow White. The internet would lose its shit. No, Gal Gadot has been cast as the evil queen in the live-action Snow White reboot, Um, which it's interesting that they um, are finally getting around to Snow White. I'm curious as to why it's taken this long to remake the, the flagship movie. Um, um, probably because there have been a lot of other adaptations of it and especially like for Disney they had that whole Once Upon a Time show and one of the mm, main characters was Snow true. White so maybe I don't know they didn't want to oversaturate the market that's fair that's totally fair um, regardless this has me, has me curious uh, Mark Webb is directing it um, who did two of them Spider-Man movies along with the 500 Days of Summer um, and uh, the writing of some songs will be done by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul for La La Land and The Greatest Showman. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and Rachel Zegler from the new West Side Story will be playing Snow White. So right on. Some lovely, lovely uh, news there. Um, and then uh, this is some casting news that I found interesting. How many of you are familiar with the Jim Jones cult, the People's Temple? Yeah, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, don't drink the Kool-Aid, indeed. Well, uh, they're going to be doing a um, uh, a production of a Jim Jones movie at Appian Way Productions, DiCaprio's uh, flagship banner, um, and uh, he will be playing Jim Jones. Um, interesting uh, decision. Uh, I don't... Um, I'm curious what it'll be based based on that but i i I believe that dicaprio can do that oh yeah Um, i think dicaprio can do anything it's but but though something that i find strange about that like in terms of i think it's a good time to make something like that um but cinematically when this thing has been portrayed like has anybody here seen the sacrament by ty west Mm -mm. so it's a found footage movie that he did where like a vice squad go or like a vice uh camera crew goes into an equivalent of a Jim Jones cult town and uh, Gene Jones, the gentleman who plays the man at the counter in no country for old men that gets the coin flip uh, plays the leader of this cult. And it's like a really cool under the radar, like found footage horror movie. Like it's the one found footage horror movie that genuinely put me on the edge of my seat. 
even knowing the story of the Jim Jones cult. So I'd be curious to see how they do something different with it. And I imagine it's obviously it's not going to be found footage. Um, but part of that whole saga is that a senator and a news crew died um, uh, as a result of the actions of Jim Jones's followers. So um, a, uh, a very timely production, no doubt. Um, but yeah, so look forward to Leonardo DiCaprio playing a crazy person. Um, and let's see. Uh, we had some deaths here. First of all, uh, Quantum, Quantum Leap's Dean Stockwell passed away at the age of 85. Um, and he was also in David Lynch's Dune, um, and he was John Cavill of Cylon Batty for three seasons of Battlestar Galactica. He's been in films over 70 years, starting at the age of 10 in 1945's The Valley of Decision with Greer Garson and Gregory Peck. Um, and then he appeared in Gentleman's Agreement again with Peck. And also played Nick Charles's son in the Song of the Thin Man, um, and his um, uh, one of his big uh, breakout cult hits is The Boy with Green Hair from 1948. But he obviously kept working and he kept growing. Um, he continued to appear in such films as Paris, Texas, and Blue Velvet, where he lip syncs to Roy Orbison. Um, he's into Live and Die in L.A., Beverly Hills Cop Two. This guy was a massive workaday actor who just kept killing it with every role. Um, his one of his his only Oscar nomination came for the movie Married to the Mob. Um, he was also in The Player and he's in Air Force One. Uh, so, yeah, hell of a life, guys. Anybody have some funny Dean Stockwell stories for themselves or memories of Dean Stockwell? Who did he Air play on BSG? Yeah, he was the he was John Cavill on BSG. I don't remember who that is. Okay. <laughs> I've been a while since I watched Battlestar Galactica. I don't remember either. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, bucket of win for Dean Stockwell. He will be missed. Um, and William Lucking um, from Sons of Anarchy has died at the age of 80. Um, he was also Colonel Francis Lynch in the first season of the A-Team, the original iteration of the A-Team. Uh, he was also in such films and TV shows like The Magnificent Seven Ride, The Crazy World of Julius Ruder, Oklahoma Crude, The Return of a Man Called Horse, Shannon, Outlaws, The River Wild, Aaron Brockovich, Red Dragon, The Rundown, and Contraband. Uh, so yeah, it's a hell of a life, my friend. But sad to see him go. Which, of course, is a sequel to It's a Wonderful Life, A Hell of a Life. <laughs> oh no, it's a hell of a life. <laughs> Clarence, Clarence, get me out of this boiling hell of a life. <laughs> um... Uh, moving on, uh, there is a there is a Star Wars spinoff uh, called Rogue Squadron, but it has been delayed. And Patty Jenkins, though, is still attached to direct the film. Uh, they, Disney and Lucasfilm have taken the movie off the production schedule entirely. Uh, pre-production was really originally set to begin later this year, with filming expected to start next year. But previous commitments that Jenkins has to fulfill were cited as the reason for the delay. Um, and given that the director um, is committed to Wonder Woman 3 at this point, it looks like there's going to be some separation from this project for a little while. Um, so, yeah, you'll have to wait a little bit uh, for that Rogue Squadron movie. It has also been confirmed by Jenkins, by the way, that um, uh, Wonder, uh, that Wonder Woman 3 will feature a little bit more elabor- elaboration with Linda Carter as a character. So that'll be interesting. Yes. Um, yeah. So there we go. Um, now. I have to update everybody on family. Um, so looks like Vin Diesel is asking Dwayne Johnson to return. 
to the franchise? I'm confused. <laughs> I thought they hated each other. Um, yeah, I don't know said, if The Rock is going to come back. I mean, he can yeah. ask. <laughs> he, um, Probably because so, they want more star power. <laughs> uh, as it's uh it's the last update to that diesel appears to be referring to in a new instagram post he says my little brother Dwayne, the time has come the world awaits for the finale of fast 10 as you know my children refer to you as uncle Dwayne in my house this is not a holiday that goes by that they and you don't send well wishes but the time has come legacy awaits i told you years ago that i was going to fulfill my promise to pablo i swore we would reach and manifest the best fast in the finale that is 10 i say this out of love but you must show up do not leave the franchise idle you have a very important role to play hobbs can be can't be played by no other i can't i hope that you rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny corona um i uh I don't think that, that sounded anything like Vin Diesel. It's much too coherent. <laughs> oh, Corinne, are you shooting shooting fires across the digital bow? Damn right, I am. Um, I don't know, Ryan. Um, do you, as the um, uh, resident Dwayne Johnson expert, have any reply or response to Vin Diesel's uh, plea? What uh, movie does he want him to be in? Fast Ten. It doesn't matter what movie he wants him in. <laughs> Watch Fighting with My Family, guys. That's a fun movie. No, um, is Ten actually going to be the finale of this whole franchise? Because guy, I hope so. Um, Corinne, it will be until um, I or Brad find a way to make it into Hollywood and one of us helps the other to get leverage to make a Fast and Furious movie with dinosaurs in it. Because that's where it goes to Eleven. Now. Well, I thought this was supposed to be the end. Family's never the end. But but family but, never dies. But, yeah. But, 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 but guys, no, no. Uh, with all due respect to family, family need to go. <laughs> it's had its time. It's done. Make it a TV show or something. I don't care. This is like when your relatives stay for Thanksgiving, but they stay through the end of like January. It's like y'all should have gone home two months ago. I like Corinne's um, evaluation of the Fast and Furious franchise. It's like relatives stayed through January. (laughs) Um, And that is news. Oh, there's actually one more piece of news. I just saw it on Twitter. Oh, did Dwayne Johnson respond? <laughs> no, no, it's actually a good piece of news. Okay. Um, they have said that the uh, new Eternals movie has led to a rise in people wanting to learn sign language because of the deaf uh, superhero Makari. So, that's pretty fucking neat. Yeah. Shit, that's dope, man. Yeah, everybody go learn sign language. Dude, I'm too dumb to learn it, but... I maybe I can try. I don't know. Think Even we can just sign? some key phrases like you know, "Hi, how are you? Where is the bathroom? Do you think can Dwayne I have John- a beer? <laughs> do, you, do you think Dwayne Johnson is going to learn sign so that he can ask for a Corona in any language? Maybe. Mm. Mm. Then, if you can't get Dwayne, get the gal from Eternals. Yeah, she's a good actress. She was uh, on The Walking Dead for a while. 
Oh, really? Yep. Is it is that a show that I should pick up again, Ryan? I still like it. I I, I would like to watch more of it just for the zombie effects alone, but I I stopped kind of watching after a while because I was just like, this isn't holding my interest. <laughs> yeah, it's still fine. Right on. Sweet. Well, that's news. Get your Blu-rays. Get your Blu-rays from Amazon.com. DVD releases and Blu-rays. You know, Ryan, a better way to say that would have been that you can also go to the Barnes & Noble sale where you can get 50% off of Criterion's, which is easily one of the best labels on this planet. Um, in fact, on the 23rd, you can pick up Citizen Kane, the immortal classic in 4K for the first time. Meantime, though, Ryan... The Outsiders, the complete novel in 4K. Are you getting that thing? Uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> I have it on Blu-ray. I, I, it's an okay movie. I think it's kind of hokey. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like it. I mean, there's a lot of great actors in it, but I'm indifferent to it. I mean, I mean it got, does have it, the line stay golden. So It's got your boy in it, though. It's got your boy. Don't you need to see if there's alternate takes or whatever? <laughs> no, I don't think he, he's not in it that much. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess I haven't seen it for like two or three years, but it just feels like all the it feels like all these Coppola titles are just sneaking in like under the radar. And then suddenly I'm just like, oh, this is coming out. All right. <laughs> yeah, he needs to make some more wine money. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got to make that. He's got to make, make that Megalopolis movie that he wants to make. Um. You can also pick up on Blu-ray Evolution from 2001, courtesy of Paramount Pictures. Um, uh, coming to you. Uh, Whose film explosion? Is that on Henry's film explosion list? That was on mine. because it was, that was a, on yours? That was a film my sister and I watched a lot. And that was my first Ivan Reitman movie. Um, and then Warner Archive is going to be bringing you some goods, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, you can get Fury from 1936, Featuring uh, featuring Spencer Tracy and Sylvia Sidney. This film looks fun. The Spencer Tracy stars this provocative drama by director Fritz Lang about an innocent man who barely escapes a violent lynch mob. Believed dead, he secretly returns to seek revenge. I am very ignorant of Fritz Lang's American work, so I am glad to start learning some more about his stuff. Um, also, you can get Ladies They Talk About with Barbara Stanwyck. Hey, Ryan. This is pre-code Bard with Stanwyck, too. I know. I do love her. I picked up the Furies on Criterion because she's in it. Ooh, yeah. Anthony Mann. Way to do it. Ryan, I'm proud of you. You're going to get the, you're going to get some fun times ahead of you. Um, you can also get The Last of Sheila from 1973. Um, now coming into the uh, new release front is Batman Year One in 4K, uh, the 2011 animated film. It's coming to you on 4K for the first time. Also... We've got DC's Legends of Tomorrow, the complete sixth season on Blu-ray, the complete second season of Snowpiercer, a lot of TV this week. Uh, on the film front, we've got Reminiscence, the 2021 uh, Hugh Jackman joint that... Uh, Spoiler alert, my favorite film of the year. I highly doubt that. that not, that's not the episode I heard. <laughs> really, Ryan? What did you love about it? Uh, what didn't I love about it? Um, it's raining a lot and like <laughs> Hugh Jackman is in a tub a lot. The, the, is it the, raining uh, man? Hallelujah. Um 
Brian, the irony about you not remembering reminiscence is is the ultimate slap in the face to that movie. <laughs> oh, I remember it. I just choose not to. <laughs> so you choose not to reminisce, is what? Yeah, saying. I choose not to reminisce about reminiscence. <laughs> um, and um, so let's let's jump into something really cool though. Kino Lorber is putting out some uh, some Blu-ray releases of W.C. Field comedies. So we can get the old fashioned way, the bank dick, and it's a gift, which incidentally was covered by yesteryear value review with John Ekstrom of John of all trades plug. Um, we've also got one more train to rob from 1971 with George Papard uh, from breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, I kind of want to see this. It looks kind of fun. It's from code red, Ryan. Um, Parker Flett and compatriots, Timothy X Nolan and Katie along with three other men steal $40,000 in money and jewelry from a California train in the gold mining countries in the 1800s. They split up the six split up while they are hiding out, awaiting the rendezvous to divide the loot. Hark is cornered framed and sent to prison. He's released two and a half years later and sets out to find Katie and Nolan and get his share of the loot. I'd, I'd like to watch that. Sounds like fun. Um, we're getting a re- release of L.A. Story from 1991 with Steve Martin coming to you from Lionsgate DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, on the new film front, you can also get Respect, the 2021 uh, Aretha Franklin biopic with Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin. Um, you can also get Tina, the HBO original. Um, is this a documentary? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, Tina Turner documentary. Um so yeah, if you want to pick that up, uh, please uh, go ahead and grab that. Um, and then this is something that I'm not familiar with, Ryan, but this is a Golden Age Hollywood thing. Uh, the film detective is putting out a movie called The Fabulous Dorseys with Timmy, with John, Tommy Dorsey and Jimmy Dorsey. The mm. the plot the plot doesn't leave much to be desired, but yet I kind of want to get this and see what the hell it is because it's directed by Alfred E. Green, who's I'm no stranger to, and it also features Paul Whiteman in it too. Um, it's starring as themselves, real life brothers, Tommy and Jimmy Dorsey with actors filling out the remaining roles. These two icons of big band jazz and swing recount their ri- the rise and fall of their careers and the long running 12 year fu- feud that threatened to keep them from ever performing together again. Uh, I, this, this smells like a disaster written all over it, but I'm very like, I'm tempted to do one of those dumb purchases just to see what this is. Um, and last but not least, you, there, we've got two other titles for you. You can get Shud from 1984 on Blu-ray and you can get Muhammad Ali, a film by Ken Burns from PBS uh, coming to you on Blu-ray. And that is Blu-rays. Hmm. Interesting week. Nothing that exciting. Well, do you want a variant cover of Top Gun, Ryan? No, I'm good. <laughs> um, we watch stuff throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, you've been the quietest on the show. Why don't you start? Uh, honestly, I, I haven't watched anything else new. I, I watched the French Dispatch again. That's about it. All <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the Karate Kid Part Three with uh, we did. Uh, we're doing a commentary with John Ekstrom from John All Trades, so look forward to that. And John Ekstrom's getting a lot of plugs this week. <laughs> um, all right, Corinne, uh, since you've been gone, why don't you talk to me about what you've been watching? Okay, yeah, I've been watching a lot, but I'll just hit uh, four things here. 
I watched, uh, I think when I was on last time, I told Zach, I was like, I'm going to watch a black and white movie. And I did. And it was awesome. It's called The Ghost and Mrs. Mirror. Oh, shit. It's been a while since I've seen it, but um, I remember liking it. Yeah, it has Rex Harrison, Gene mm. Tierney, and uh, George Sanders. I uh, love AKA. Gene Tierney. Two, yeah. two, two of those actors are good human beings. One of them is not. I'm assuming you're talking about George Sanders? Nope, Rex Harrison was a jerk. Mm, that's possible. Mm. I don't know. He did an excellent job in the movie, at least. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Not a question. George a Sanders <laughs> played a just total creep bag and oof. Mm-hmm. Gave me like heebie-jeebies all through the movie. And so the premise, if you don't know, um, it's, I want to say 1947. And it's um, this widow and her daughter moved to this lighthouse or no, it's just a house, but it's like on, it's by the sea. And it's haunted by this sea captain who's played by Rex Harrison. And so uh, she sees him and the two of them kind of strike an agreement of just kind of like, you know, you stay out of my way and I won't mess with the house. And so they form this kind of connection and he helps her um, when she runs out of money and she needs something to do to get uh, to make a living. And he's like, here, I can help you out. And then the whole like, last half or last third is uh george sanders uh who voices Shere khan in the animated lion or uh jungle book um that's how i know him he comes um, in and he is trying to charm mrs mirror and rex harrison is just like not having it and she's all like oh you're just jealous and i'm over here like he's not jealous i mean maybe he is but he's right like like i you know he's like ah dude's such a creep like can't believe this just like all the slimy things he says and the way he says them and like at one point he just like spies on her while she's in her bathing suit and he like draws a picture of it uh so creepy and she's supposed to find him charming this is the whole problem it's like no it's not charming he's creepy why are you even and then you find out about some shenanigans later so she Thankfully, does not end up with him. But yeah, it was there is like a really emotional scene in there, and I was like, "Dang, that really got me." But it's a great movie. I definitely want to watch it again. I've already told a friend of mine. I was like, "We gotta watch this movie. You would love it." So I highly recommend it. Ghost and Mrs. Mirror. I rented it on the uh, from the library because I couldn't find it anywhere else. Would you Would you like Corinne? a less creepy George Sanders performance to watch next. Um, well, I think he's also in the portrait of Dorian Gray, right, Ryan? Yes. Yes, correct. Yep. Um, well, the one I'll recommend to you, Corinne is foreign correspondent. He actually plays like the, the sidekick best friend character in foreign correspondent. So he's not creepy at all. He's just jolly. And his name is Foliot. And he his name his name is uh is not capitalized and it's with two F's foliant. Uh so yeah, you can have fun with that. It's a lot of fun. It's a good espionage movie from the nineteen forties. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just weird because every time he talks, I just hear Shere Khan. So every time uh, I hear him, I think it's Rebecca's cousin. <laughs> anyway, so everybody check out the ghosts of Mrs. Mirror. I don't know. Find it at your local library, maybe. 
Uh, so I also watched a TV show called Schmigadoon that's on Apple Plus. Oh, it's, that's a Cinco Paul thingy, I think. Yep. It's got a whole bunch of people that you would recognize from various NBC projects, uh, mostly. Uh, P- uh, can't remember if it's Key or Peel. I think it's Key. Keegan-Michael Key. Um, he stars in it with one of the ladies from SNL whose name escapes me. But it, And then there's just like That's a whole really bunch strong. of... Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, so they are this couple and they've been together for, I don't know, like five years or something. So they're kind of hitting this like, you know, down spot in their relationship and they're having a lot of strain. And so they go on this like couples retreat and they're supposed to be like hiking through the woods and they come across this town called Schmigadoon where everything is like perfect and it's like a backdrop on a movie set and people are constantly singing and so basically they get stuck in a musical and the only way to leave is to find true love so it's it's actually super cute i loved every minute of it kind of want to watch it again now that i'm talking about it but it was a lot of fun and i started watching it with a friend of mine because we both love musicals and we'd heard about this and then she had other stuff going on it's, i didn't want to watch it without her but then when i saw her again recently i'm like so are we gonna watch do? And she's like uh. i'm like okay do you mind if i watch the rest of it without you and she's like go for it so then i binge watched the rest of it in one night so excellent I- show highly recommend it i want to see this i'm looking this up this is awesome like they're they're some of the characters are meant to be like stand-ins from like different characters of musicals that sounds Uh, awesome yep it's all those like classical musical tropes and yep characters and they even you know get meta about it of like oh yeah so she's like you know the teacher and the music man or you know and king and i or whatever so i I get oh shit i've got a I've got to get Apple TV. God damn it. All right. Well, I guess I just need to get Ted Lasso. Definitely need to. All right. All right. Just get it for like a month and then you're good. Okay. But what happens when Ted Lasso comes back? Then you have to sign up for it for a couple more months. Maybe I'll just keep it and watch all the Snoopy stuff they got on there. That'd be that'd be right up my alley. That's true. I did. The watch- only thing I've ever watched on Apple TV is Snoopy. <laughs> Not even Tom Hanks's movies. Come on. Nope. He, he you he played Uncle Walt for you, and this is the thanks you give him. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, Ryan will never use Apple TV again because he'll never watch Ted Lasso because he's not cool enough. Nope. Don't worry, Ryan. I'll watch it and describe it to you. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so in Greyhound, there's a big boat, and then there's another big boat that shoots the other boat. All right, so two more things from me. I've been watching uh, Yashahime, and it's been great. We had this kind of, um, like, the first five episodes was a lot of, like, really heavy stuff, and they're setting up things that are going to become important later in the series, introducing us to new characters, new conflicts. And then this last Saturday, the most recent episode was uh, kind of filler. Like it was, wasn't a lot of like really heavy plot stuff, but it was just kind of like nice little character 
backstories, uh, you know, like a secondary character who it's like, you know, we probably should, he, he should have had more screen time right now. So he's finally getting like his own um, sort of like, you know, this is his episode and we get to finally hear more about him. And there were a couple of other character moments there at the end for the rest of the cast. So it's been excellent. Very excited. We've got the episode titles for later in the season already. And it's like, ooh, I'm very excited. Um, Lots of drama coming up, I, I imagine. And then the last thing I'll talk about is another anime. Uh, I'm, I'm about halfway through it, I think. It's called Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And it sounds really weird. And it is. Um, but it's just weird enough that I'm like, I, I kind of want to see where this is going. The premise is that this teenage boy uh, sees a girl at his school and walking around in this provocative outfit. And nobody seems to see her. And he's like the only one who's like, why, why are you dressed like a bunny? And she's like, uh, you know, I'm just trying to see if anyone can see me. And it turns out that in the show or in this universe, there are teenagers that have what he calls puberty syndrome, where they it's kind of like the X-Men, but all their superpowers are like really shitty. So like for her, people can't see her at some point, And it's like if they go to sleep, they forget about her. And so, you know, eventually like her mom forgets about her and her friends forget about her. And so to the point where he's the only one who can see her anymore. And so he cannot fall asleep because if he does, he will forget. And it's pretty crazy. Um, But then there's like some other people who come in and they also kind of have these like shitty superpowers that um, he gets like locked in a time loop and, it's a lot of, you know, teenage romance drama. So it's really weird. But like I said, I'm invested enough that I want to see how it ends. It's on Netflix if anybody's at all curious. But yeah, it's a really weird title. Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Yeah, sounds, sounds yeah. great. <laughs> I doubt any of you would want to watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm I feel really bad, Corinne, but I forgot the name of it already. Well, too bad. Yeah, I know. I'll Bunny never get it something. repeated again. <laughs> that should that should be a show that Ryan creates. Bunny something. I'll leave you to it. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, what'd you watch this week? Uh, not a whole lot, but uh, some stuff that I actually think Ryan will enjoy. Um, at Film Club, we watched a noir film called I Wake Up Screaming. Um, uh, th- it was originally titled The Hot Spot, as I found out later. But um, I like the title I Wake Up Screaming more. <laughs> um, so it's uh, with Betty Grable, Victor Mature, and Carol Landis. And um, the story surrounds a uh, a woman whose sister, who was enticed by a uh, a, a promoter, to rise up to become this uh, uh this potential like big movie star um is killed and so betty grable and uh the man that she loves who also helped her sister rise up to the top um have to figure out who killed the sister and they're i, I don't want to give any more away ryan because i think you will watch this and i think you will enjoy it um and i'm going to find a way to get you a copy on dvd um i haven't gone into amazon yet to look it up but it's from the same year 
as the Maltese Falcon, and it's essentially pulling the same pre-noir that Maltese Falcon does. And they share a cast member connection in the form of Elisha Cook Jr., um, who plays Wilmer in um, Maltese Falcon, uh, Gutman's little henchman. Um, and uh, it's very beautifully shot. It's a solid mystery. Um, I, I, I nearly called the ending and then I backed out of it. And then I wish I had kept my initial hunch because it turned out to be right. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a good movie that keeps you guessing with swirls of, uh, with swirls of shade and, uh, and dark lighting. And, um, you have, I, I think this cast is just very solid. You also get Alan Johnson and Alan Mowbray in it. And then you get little like side characters like Cyril Ring and Chick Chandler. Like, it's a really solid noir. It's one that I'd never heard of. And I'm really glad that, um, the film club, um, decided to show that. So th- cheers to Attaboy Adam for, getting that uh, film shown for us. Um, and then I did a um, Ballyhoo prep. Um, so this is kind of like sort of an announcement here for folks is that the next series that will be following Alfred Hitchcock will be the work of Jacques Tati. It was going to be John Houston, but um, this little series of six films that we're going to go through is going to be quick and it gives a little more time for Houston research. Um, but he's basically a comedian who deals in silent cinema beginning in the late forties and up into the mid seventies. So he deals as a person who comes from the early aesthetic of cinema and then finds a way to keep it going into the seventies. Um, and so the second film that I saw of his was Monsieur Hulot's holiday, um, which is the debut of his character, Hulot. There's no plot. It's literally just a vacation. Um, and a, um, a template for a series of silent film gags to occur, but they're not like Chaplin or Keaton. They're very subtle and held back. Um, but it's hilarious. Um, I, I loved it. It's, um, Brad, you might actually enjoy this film. It's the inspiration for Bean. It's Rowan. It's one of Rowan Atkinson's favorite films and it inspired the character of Bean heavily. Um, in fact, that, the second bean movie is heavily based on this movie. Um, so uh, if anybody hasn't seen Mr. Hulo's holiday, we'll be talking about it on Ballyhoo, but uh, I recommend you check it out. Um, if you've got criterion channel, it's right there for you along with a ton of extras. So um, very funny, very sweet. Uh, it's got a melancholy vibe by the end of it. Um, it's um, very French. So like the only thing that Ryan wouldn't like about it is that it's French, but nobody That's really French. Talks. Nobody really. I'll tell you, Ryan. It's it's silent comedy essentially. So you're not like being asked to go highbrow. Like you're just enjoying the gags. So I think you'll enjoy that. Um, and then uh, moving away from the golden age of it all, um, I uh, I I couldn't remember if I had seen Night of the Living Dead by Tom Savini, but I watched it for Punk Rock Horror Podcast and. Ryan, I think this movie works better now than it did when it came out. <laughs> um, I've always been a fan of it. I think it um, it's different enough and it's um, well made enough that it stands out. Yeah, and like for anybody listening, it's basically Night of the Living Dead, but they make some key changes in it. Um, so I love how Ben, I love Ben in the original, but the there's a benefit that this Ben has played by Tony Todd, where he gets like 
more characterization and he gets to have like more emotional moments. Um, so it's like, it's like a weird direction to take it. But the other one is that Barbara is not catatonic in this movie. She's a fucking like gung ho hero. <laughs> and I okay. kind of enjoyed that. Um, the, Im- the imagery at the end when she um, is at the survivor's encampment and they show the lynching of those zombies, Ryan, that's where I was just like, oh shit, this movie's like fucking Romero wrote the screenplay and he doubled down on that uh, allegory. Uh, and it's, I, I think Savini captures it beautifully. Um, and uh, I also liked the way Hooper gets taken out in that movie, <laughs> in this remake, um, and the way they use the line, there's another one for the fire. It's not as uh, astounding as the original, but it's a really good like horror movie ending. Um, it kind of oh, reminded no. me. What was that? No, I love the change to Barbara. Yeah. And like, but I, and, uh, the way she, the way Hooper goes out reminded me of the ending of get out where it was just like, Oh my God, there's actually like a good, like there's some kind of happy ending here, like some kind of happy ending. <laughs> like it's not the happiest ending, but it's a happy ending. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. And then the last thing I rewatched for Valley who was George Washington slept here, uh, with Jack Benny and Aaron and Sheridan. And, um, I mean, we we all know that it's the second best house building movie because uh, the first one involves a certain gentleman named Archie Leach. Um, I don't think he ever went by any other name, did he, Ryan? Uh, no, can't no. even think of one. No, no. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, I think I've got it. Clark Gable. <laughs> you get out. <laughs> like my boy said in his girl Friday, get out. <laughs> What what's the line that he has in the fountain? Um, my friends, my friends and my uh, enemies. <laughs> it's uh, hello friends, hello enemies. Yeah, <laughs> good um, stuff. Yeah, but yeah, that's all I watched this week, guys. Watch George Washington slept here. It's just as fun as Mister Blandingsville's Dream Home. Um, kind of like Brad. I didn't. I watched two things, but I've been playing a lot of PlayStation. But uh, the I watched uh, Ron's Gone Wrong, which is a animated film about a boy who, um, well, this whole everybody gets what they call a bebot, which is basically a friend. Um, it's like a basically a, a robot that follows you around, but is instantly connected to your Facebook and um, Twitter and Instagram and. Um, this boy named Barney wants one, but his mom passed away. So he lives with his dad and grandma. They don't have a lot of money. Then he buys one that falls off the truck, a delivery truck. That's all messed up. And it's voiced by Zach Galifianakis. Um, and it's a cute movie. It's, um, it's kind of funny at parts and it's really just, uh, shows you your people's dependence on, devices and um, social media and what's important in life. Um, it's a cute movie. Kellen really liked it. So it's fun. Um, Ron's gone wrong. <laughs> it's a cute little movie. And uh, the only other thing I watched was Nosferatu from uh, 1922 um, by uh, from Kino Lorber Studio Classics. And they went through and um, 
remastered it. It looks pretty great for a movie that's almost a hundred years old. And um, the the sound they redid the the music to it, and it's great. And that if you've never seen it, um, it it's <laughs> it is pretty much a straight telling of Dracula. And if I remember right, uh, Bram Stoker's family did sue them, and that's why finding a really good print of it doesn't exist. And when do you, you do, you know why it was saved ultimately is because Universal had the print. Yeah, uh, uh, before you watch it on uh, Kino Lorber's disc, they talk about there. There's a bunch of title screens about how they had to get uh, the the film from different locations. Um, and how they had to put it together. Uh, some were from UCLA, some were from Universal, some were from in Europe, and so I think one was in Tokyo. And they found them through all these collectors mm-hmm. uh, to find the best version of the film they could and put it all together. Uh, so they did a lot of work on it, and it shows. I mean, it's the, the film is really good. If I know some people don't like silent films, but it's has the right creepy ambiance and um one of the most memorable vampires ever on film it's the closest that you ever get to stoker's vision of it apart from maybe uh coppola's movie yeah i mean obviously the names are changed and stuff in it but um you're right it's it's a very interesting movie and it's it's really well done and you know it's in not even in black and white they they painted the the film to make it look blue and purple when it's nighttime and yeah, they, kind of they, a, they tinted it. Yeah. To yeah. Copper emulate. orange when it's daytime. Uh, mm-hmm. It's nice. I haven't seen it in a really long time. And I remember, I think when I saw it the first time was on some public domain DVD or something, because mm-hmm. I don't remember it looking as great as it did uh, on this version. I mean, yeah, there's some scratches and, um, imperfections on the film, but there's parts where it looks stunning and uh, the makeup and uh, it's really well shot too for a film that's a hundred years old. Kind of uh, when you see those scratches, it kind of lends credence to doubling it with Shadow of the Vampire and thinking of it as a documentary on accident. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> um, it is and, a good uh, movie though. I Kino Lorber had a really great sale. Um, I think that set is normally like $30 and I got it for 10. Um, so I I usually hold out on a lot of Kino Lorber stuff, unless it's something I really want. Uh, because if you wait for the sales, they're pretty great. Uh, so I think I, I got that in four other movies and it was only $37 $37 or something. So, um, yeah. You made out like a bandit. Yep. If you like old movies, Kino Lorber is the way to go. Oh, uh, always. And that's what I watched this week. Uh, this week on Real Nerds, we went back to the MCU all the way back over thousands of years to watch Eternals. Brad, do you recommend Eternals? Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, I think uh, the only problem I had with it was the world building. There was a lot of stuff they explained or set up that didn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, And I'm sure people would be like, well, it's a comic book movie, so it doesn't matter. But 
I don't know. I think anything that makes you stop in your tracks and distracts you from the movie to pause and explain for yourself is not a good thing. So, uh, but you know, a lot of the rest of it's uh, some typical Marvel fun while also being uh, sort of different. So yeah, it's all right. Corinne. You know, if you would ask me when I first came out of the theater, what I thought of this movie, I would have said, Oh, you know, it's got pacing problems. It's got writing problems. Some of the acting feels a little awkward and that's still true. But, you know, you've asked now that you asked me after I've seen it three times, I'll tell you, it's an amazing movie and everybody should go see it. Zach. I like this movie. Um, I appreciated a different uh, visual aesthetic within the MCU. Um, I appreciated kind of getting a chance to learn about some new characters. Um, yeah, there's a little bit too much ambition um, in, in certain regard, but I mean, it's the Marvel, it's the Marvel movies at this point. Like I- I'm already on board. I'm already being, I'm already caught up. So I know what to expect out of this. And I don't think all things considered, if you're introducing a, a, a new group, into this mix like i think everybody gets a pretty balanced introduction and uh worthy enough screen time so yeah um i would definitely check it out it's i don't i don't think it warrants the reception it's been getting from some circles so but that's just my opinion uh yeah it's it's fun um i i i was telling brad after we watched it that um I'm not as big a fan of like the Kirby cosmic stuff because it's kind of heavy handed. And I still felt that as I'm watching this film. Um, But I always respect Marvel because they do take chances, even though they do have a formula for it, whether it's guardians, the galaxy or Shang Chi, um, they'll, they'll take chances. And I think Eternals is another chance they took. And at the end of the day, you like the characters and the story's compelling. Here is the trailer for Eternals. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, or all the other terrible things throughout history. We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. 
You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. We've loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. Uh, the Eternals are cosmic beings that watch over Earth and make sure that it advances properly, but not too quickly, and they help them. And um, just like the Eternals, Selma Hayek, I'm pretty sure, does not age at all. Um, oh no, she's always been an eternal. She, she, when we're we're gonna be dead, and she's still gonna look that glorious. I, her I was, and Paul Rudd. I know, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> they I can think build she's a new society. She, she has to. I think she's in her mid fifties or early fifties, and I swear she looks almost exactly the same as when I first saw her in From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> yeah, she's um, and she's good in the movie too. She's fifty five. Is she really? She's 55. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good for her. She looks great. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, that's really what it is. It, it, it kind of jumps all over the place. Um, it eventually gets you to present day where Cersei played by Gemma Chan, who I think she's gorgeous too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's great in the movie. Mm. Uh, it's interesting because Icarus is kind of uh, their version of Superman. And I got a lot of Superman vibes from him. And when I read a interview with the director, she mentioned that Zack Snyder's man of steel was an inspiration for him. And I can totally see it. Mm. Yeah. That, uh, that kind of, that kind of rings into there. Um, I have a question. Is it strange or am I just crazy that like, it's so weird that Angelina Jolie's in this movie and she is like, like a side character or like a, like, but she's in part of the team. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just kind of weird to see her kind of get like this smaller role, but I guess in the I grand thought scheme she was of this, in it more than I expected. I don't, I, I know, but like, there's just like, it's just weird not seeing having her be like a forefront character in the same way as like Gemma Chan and Madden are like, I don't know. I guess it just shows how 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 old I'm getting that like Angelina Jolie was like at the head of most movies. So I think it it comes to a point. Uh, I was reading an interview with Kevin Feige, and he said Marvel's at a point now that they don't have to do multi picture deals, mm-hmm. and that people are seeking them out. 
Yeah. So maybe it was a thing where, you know, Angelina Jolie had a chance to work with Marvel and she likes the character, even though it's not as big of part because Cersei is the main character of this film. Of course, it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I want to talk about like, there's been, oh, and they're trying to prevent um, a celestial from destroying all of earth um, right. as part of their pre, I guess, wow, oh, that's a lot of, that's a lot. <laughs> I can't really explain. Do we have three hours to explain what's going to happen? Um, or maybe uh, Corinne or Brad, who've seen it more than once, can um, tell me, tell our audience in a concise way. So basically, celestials are kind of like gods. And there's like a celestial egg inside the Earth that's been collecting energy from all the intelligent life, a.k.a. humans. And so now that it has enough energy, the celestial Tiamat can emerge. But in doing so, it will destroy the Earth and everybody who lives on it. So that's what the Eternals, you know, they've all bonded with humanity. Or, well, most of them have. So they are trying to stop it. And then they get into this kind of civil war thing where some of them are trying to stop Tiamat from emerging. And then some of them are trying to allow the emergence to go through. Yep. That's a nice, concise way of saying it. And so there's conflict between them and the conflict of the deviants in the film. Who are the original Eternals who were misprogrammed. And that's why the more humanoid Eternals are created so that they could stamp out the deviants. Um, and allow humans to procreate and provide energy to birth the celestial from the planet, which right away I'm just like, okay, so their directive was not to interfere um, in humanity's wars, but humanity's wars caused humans to die. So I'm like, wouldn't Erishim like be upset that you know like seven million Jews died or like the entire Native American? civilization was almost wiped out you know causing Tiamat to have less human bodies <laughs> like when when uh Arishim just like encourage fucking constantly on earth to get Tiamat out of there faster well they mentioned that's why uh the Thanos snap messed them all up too yeah so. like Arishim oversees apparently the entire universe universe because he created the first sun and brought light to everything uh, and I guess all the organisms before that just lived in darkness, but like uh, Thanos wiped out half of his uh, incubators. So you think he would have stepped in and been like, nope, not going to let this guy snap that away. I need my celestials to come out. But then it's like this weird, like um, snake eating its own tail where it's like celestials are born and in doing so destroys all the incubators and, uh, then they create another sun that creates new incubators and they birth another celestial and it just I'm mean, like to what end like just seems lame I don't know it's the way of the universe uh, Richard Madden is great as Icarus in it <laughs> and why do the, why do the I, Eternals it, need to eat it all like aren't if they starve do they die um I don't know I think it's a lot like uh, vampires do they have, have to, to eat? Eat, eat yeah, but no, but they do. 
yeah, like they choose to eat just because it's fun, I guess. But also, um, yeah, why they have sexual organs, like they don't need to procreate because they don't have to replace themselves. So they're eternal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I guess it's just for fun. Yeah, it's, it's just stuff like that. There's like when you build a world that's so t- closely tied to ours and uh, just, it's just it's like it bites off so much. It just makes me stop paying attention to the movie and like, no. What does this mean? Well, the second time I saw it with Jerry, it was his first time seeing it and he really enjoyed it. And then afterward we hung out at like a Chili's and he gave me like the whole 411 on Marvel cosmic crap. So there, I think are some explanations, but you would have to go to the comics to figure out the answers. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm not as well versed in the cosmic stuff. I'm more of like a street level fan. So that's why I like Spider-Man and Batman, but I mean, it's fun. Apparently Celestials are kind of like mid tier for Marvel cosmic beings. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, also, I, we, it, we were introduced to Ego like four years ago and like I would, did he seed Earth on his own or did Arishim put like one of his seeds in earth so there's like tiamat and that growing at the same time like no like that was confusing like is ego a celestial at all or is he just like pretending to be i think he is like he's his own planet but there's no celestial within him but he like grew part of himself in missouri i don't know but well, yeah, the cast is really fun. Like, yeah. uh, Camille Nanjani was hilarious. I know. I was just going to mention him. Like, he's great. Oh, and yeah. I love how he, he just played a movie star over a hundred years <laughs> and, uh, was, and I just saw his, uh, guy who's his Karun. producer guy. What's his Ballot. name? Karun. Uh, he, he has his own character poster they just released. And I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah, those two were definitely like the humor of the movie because some of the other characters like had jokes, but they didn't quite land as good as you would want. But those two like had such energy. <laughs> Just love the moment where Kingo shoots that one deviant and he's like, Karun, did you get that? And then you hear all far away, I did, sir. <laughs> um, How many cameras do you have? He's <laughs> come prepared. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's stuff and like I, that. It's fun, and and I feel for Sprite. Like you know, Arishem is supposed to be this. Uh, he's apparently a terrible celestial because, like, why does he make her a child? Like, um, like there, there's just there's doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, and in doing so, it's just like she has to suffer and watch everyone else do other things. Yeah, I don't know do. if it's he just does things, so it's a little bit of everybody. So it's. Um, I don't know. Um, um, like it just makes me think that, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's it's probably not that much of a secret. Like that, the Celestials are probably not a positive force in the galaxy. <laughs> um, so like him making the deviants flawed, and then uh, these characters flawed, you know. But th- the fact that they worship this thing that makes so many mistakes is just baffling that there must be some something else to it that like maybe there's a different 
like there, there might be a like a, a a yin to the yang of the celestials that we haven't met yet yeah i i also feel like this movie is kind of a standalone where it doesn't really need a sequel even though at the end it says they, they'll return but it kind of feels like they might show up either in thor or guardians of the galaxy um so i'm interested uh I know in our screening, people cheered at the end when Harry Styles showed up. Oh. And I was asking Brad, it's not because they're Star Fox fans, is it? It has to be because they're <laughs> Harry Styles fans. <laughs> yep, that's got to be it. Which is funny because I saw the spoiler for his appearance. Uh, you did? Around, I mean, like, how would you even find those? <laughs> Twitter, man. Twitter. So, yeah, it was funny because I saw that like when it premiered, everybody was like, oh my gosh, Harry Styles, he's playing Arrow. So then you know, at some point, I just completely forgot about it. And then watching it for the first time, I was like, who is it? Who? Oh, that's right. Harry Styles is in the movie. Duh. Yeah. Patton Oswald as well. Yeah. They need to get uh, whoever worked on Thanos to work on the Pip model, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm assuming because it's a CGI character. Yeah. Mid credits, they probably didn't care. Yeah, little, little early 2000s CGI going on there. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, I liked I, it. Yeah, I I don't think I've said much here. Um, I wanted to point out that the, I appreciated that there was kind of like a humanist view in this film. <laughs> like one that was like asking questions. I don't know if it answered them, but I appreciated there was an attempt to ask larger questions about why these films exist in those move in those stories. Um, there's just moments of there's moments of reflection in that film that I just really enjoyed. And I saw this in RPX and I don't know why, but just watching it on a big screen and with that great sound, like the movie worked for me. Um, I didn't like it as much as Shang-Chi, but I, I I really I really wish people would give this film another watch before they jump to any like like t- tossing it off to the side. And it I mean, from all indication, it seems like this is going to have a lot of ramifications for the MCU's plans for Phase Four. But I'm just like shooting off a theory here. But yeah, I, I, it didn't I, bomb you know, though. It's 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 like oh. slightly less than Shang Chi, I, I think, right? No, yeah, but I, mean, I, I think it's, it's I think it's more just like reception to it because it's just like I, I always think about this like people want these films to be successful in all avenues financial and awards wise and these are the steps you take to do that and I like that they're asking tougher questions and trying to mature the mature the movies in their own way and getting Zhao was a great choice for that. Um, yeah, my my I, only I, complaint is I wish it was a three hour movie and not a two and a half hour movie. Like I would have sat down for three hours of that. But nah, I, I was fine. I, if anything, I think this movie could have been trimmed a little bit. Uh, I don't know that either. I, I think it needed room to breathe. But mm-hmm. I, I think right now it's not really, uh, it's hard for Marvel right now. And I, I think, I mean, Shang-Chi is really great and this movie is good, but it's, you've lost all these people that everyone's gotten so used to it Mm -hmm. feels like to me as i watch these and i said i still enjoy them having fun that you're just waiting for spider-man or you're just waiting for doctor strange or you're waiting 
for Thor. Um, and it almost makes them feel anticlimactic, you know, mm. um, when you watch them, because you're asking us to get on board with, I mean, deep into the Marvel playbook with Eternals. Um, Cause even, even if you're not like a big comic book fan, I'm pretty sure, you know, who Captain America is. Oh yeah. Um, he's a, he's, that's a, that's a, that's a national icon. That's not even a, um, yeah. And, and that's what I mean. So I think the sell on this is tougher. Um, and I, mean, I think I was that's confused why by I, the I trailers. To... So, I mean, like if I was confused by the trailers, I'd have to imagine it's, it's gotta be even tougher with, you know, like, uh, even comic book fans going like, how's this going to work? How's this going to work? Like, yeah, and I don't think it's, um, I think that's why it's so divisive. I don't like, it's not a bad movie and it's, it's still pretty fun, but it's, it, it's in this weird, uh, area. If mm. you ask me. Yeah. I have hope though, if we, I'm assuming we'll get more at some point, but I have hope that like, it'll grow on people. And I don't know if that means incorporating them into the other films and kind of giving people a chance to acquaint themselves better with these characters. But I mean, I want to know what's up with Black Knight and I want to know what the hell a Star Fox is like. And Pat Oswalt is a troll walking in drunk. Like that sounds amazing. Like well, in the comics, Eros is Thanos's brother. So, uh, oh, is Harry Styles inevitable guys. He's like a little more fun loving, though. <laughs> From what I read about Star Fox, he was like anti- the opposite uh, perspective of Thanos. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's um, uh, like kind of the Casanova of the cosmic world in Marvel. Yeah, oh, so that's why they got Harry Styles to play him. I gotcha. Uh, I mean, I was reading an interview with the director, and she wanted him for it since she saw Dunkirk. So, mm, that's a it, hey. She likes she she has very good taste in movies, my friend. I'm just saying she does. Yeah, yeah, she's quite the filmmaker. I still need to see her two other films, but but yeah. Uh, speaking of the old characters, uh, remember when I said that I thought uh, Captain America has since died in the universe, and you guys laughed in my face and said no, but this is the second time that someone's mentioned that Captain America has gone. Where is he? I think he's dead. Uh, I think people think he's dead. <laughs> he's, he's gone through I, it like a, a, a grand Avengers uh, PR campaign to convince the world that he's dead. Or well, yeah, he kind of did at the end of Endgame, where he, you know, didn't come yeah. back right away. Didn't I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier basically confirmed he's dead? I mean, I thought he, they were at his funeral. So, I mean, if he's sitting on the moon, if that room is true, then great. But like when they <laughs> mentioned like Doc Manhattan, I'm tired of this world. Yeah, in this movie, when they mentioned that he's gone, they mentioned it in the same breath as like Tony Stark being gone, and mm. obviously Tony's dead. So I was just like, I think I'm right. What? <laughs> well, you know I think what? he's gone in that he's effectively like he you know he's old and he's not captain america anymore he gave up the title to you know falcon so yeah even if he's technically still alive he's not like actually captain america anymore he's not active he's not a superhero he's just a retired old guy 
I, yeah. I, I have a solution for the entire MCU, guys. It's a very simple solution. It goes back to the 80s and George Lucas's small vision of a duck who could smoke a cigar and look at Playboys and hang it. Uh, he looks at play ducks. Play ducks. You're right. I'm sorry. We just need Howard the Duck in this universe. I'm tired of us fucking waiting around and giving him small cameos in Guardians of the Galaxy. Get him in there. If Disney Plus exists and we can give anybody a spinoff series, I don't know why we aren't giving Howard the Duck a shot. He's uh, already in What If. Yeah, he's in, uh, was it two or three episodes of What If, I think. Is Seth Green voicing him? Yep. Oh, okay. I'm watching What If now. Is he in... yeah, that's right, Corinne, right? He's in two or three episodes, I think. He's in at least two, because he's in the one with uh, Star-Lord, and then he's in the Thor one. Yeah, the Thor one, I think, is the one where he kind of has a pretty big... Is That's when he has a big part in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next I'm week, excited to see Jon Snow team up with Blade. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Oh, is that the voice Blade. at the end? Spoilers, God. That's Mahershala Ali... It's, Wait, where did you get that from? I'm, I haven't looked, so I don't know. I saw it Twitter. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, also, I just recognized the voice. Yeah, that's Mahershala Ali's voice, my friend. I thought it was Sam True. Jackson. Yeah. Huh. I guess I've watched Spider-Verse enough that I can just tell. <laughs> <laughs> Shows that Ryan's not a star... A Spider-Man super fan, I guess. Uh, I don't I am. think that proves anything, Corinne. <laughs> um, At least not a Spider-Verse super fan. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am disappointed that Ryan's not as enamored by noir Spider-Man as I am, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what do we see next week, Ryan? Uh, nothing. It's Film Explosion 2011. Yay. <laughs> Chance for me to redo my list, which I did. Yeah, we made some mistakes 10 years ago and we're here to yeah, correct them. Time, time to account for them. Yeah. You're going to go back in time? Ryan, yep. Spider-Man teamed up with Howard the Duck? He has, yeah. Why isn't this a movie? God damn it. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe one day. And I have Howard the Duck uh, number one in, in the first I- issue of Howard the Duck. Spider-Man is there. Okay. I just want that duck to solve some mysteries, guys. That's all I want. (laughs) Go watch Darkwing Duck, then. That's true. I could do that, but I want Marvel to cater to my whim like they do with everybody else. (laughs) So, yeah. We will be doing a new film explosion. Um, Then after that, it'll be Ghostbusters. Nice. Stay tuned. All right. Thanks, everybody. Hmm? Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. 
And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.